Well, good morning. It's a pleasure to be here at One Ancient Hope once again. Uh, it's been a few weeks, and uh, it's decidedly a little bit lonelier here, but uh, I am a church planter, and having empty pews seems to be a regular thing for me, so I don't mind too much. I hope all of you are doing well, staying safe at home in this recent surge, thinking of all of you and praying for you constantly. Well, our text in view this morning is once again Psalm 23. This wonderful psalm, known throughout the world, is beautifully picturing God as a shepherd who cares for his sheep. It's not only described in our passage this morning, it is also more perfectly seen in John 10, when our Savior Jesus Christ called himself the Good Shepherd. And this Good Shepherd provides for his sheep. He cares for them. Protects them, he has, his, he has laid down his life for them, most beautifully in his own crucifixion for the forgiveness of our sins. And as it has been a few weeks since we have walked through Psalm 23, since the last time I was here, let me remind everyone where we were prior to this morning. Our last sermon, we looked at verses 1 and 2. We saw the rest given to the sheep through the green pastures and the still safe waters. I'll not belabor this point really much more outside of knowing that it's a sermon out there, worthwhile to listen to. Um, But our attention now is turned to the two more gifts given by our good shepherd. In verse 3, our God and good shepherd provides for us. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. So our God and good shepherd provides restoration and guidance to his sheep. Verse 1 and 2, we saw rest, we saw refreshment. Verse 3, we see restoration and guidance. That's where our attention will be this morning. So, first stanza of verse 3, a rather short saying by the psalmist. He says, he restores my soul. With it carries a great significance for us, yet so often we read this psalm, we're quick to almost pass it over, move on forward to the next section, the next stanza, over to a more recognizable section, more interesting stanza. But let me tell you this, it's in this short saying, this first stanza of verse 3 of Psalm 23, that we find no greater comfort for our Christian faith. It's so often in these small sayings, much like a mustard seed or five loaves and two fish, that we find the deepest encouragements for our faith. So the, the psalmist has just finished telling us that the great rest found in our God, but we haven't found the perfect rest yet. We've only found shadows of that perfect rest. Rest that only stays with us briefly. Rest that comes to us Sunday morning or Sunday evening or in the mornings when we wake up and we read our scripture and we find that the day seems to go downhill. There are times when we lose our rest. There are weeks in which it seems to just pour on upon us and we don't know what to do. Those times when we lie awake at night sleepless. We find ourselves in a dark place and doubt begins pouring in. Think about our day. We feel the weight of what it is to be a human in a broken world. All the anxiety, all the stress. Questions start swirling around our mind. How am I going to make rent this month? 
How am I going to pay for the doctor for that odd pain I feel when I breathe in for some reason? How about how will my work presentation go? What is that weird sound in the car I hear after driving it for a long distance or after hitting some bumpy roads? Why aren't I reading my Bible more? Why does my mind wander so much when I pray? Why can't I focus? All I think about is my stress, my life, my difficulty. There's no hope. There's no relief. These questions run through your mind over and over again, and I know this because they run through my mind over and over again. Especially that car issue. Killing me. And so our comfort is lost. No longer do we find those grassy fields with still waters beside a small place to lie down. No longer do we find that rest that we hope for, that we long for. So what can we do? How do we pull ourselves up out of such a terrible state of mind? Surely there's some kind of special thinking, some great wisdom that can be passed on to us, something that can help us pull ourselves up. Maybe a breathing technique, maybe some philosophy, a trick in psychology, some step-by-step process. Tell me. That's what we're longing for. That's right there. It's right there in that moment, right in those line of questions that we start asking, how can I do this? How can I get myself out of here? That we make the wrong move. My friends, it's in that line of questioning that we step down the wrong path. Thinking you alone can get yourself out of the pit. You alone are strong enough to beat this difficulty. It is that kind of thinking that reflects the mind of the world. Self-help is just that. Help yourself. You are the onus. You're the starting point. Psalm 23 tells us a different story. Look again to that first word in verse 3, the first stanza. He, he, our good shepherd, he is the one who will restore our soul. He is the one who will pull us out of the pits. When the dark moments in life pour down upon us like a hard rain, when it seems like there's no escape from our stress and it buries us, in worry and in doubt when we can't focus on anything the good shepherd will restore your soul you call out to him you pray to him you long to hear his voice for comfort for ease you turn to his word to remind you that he will restore your soul he will set you back on your feet now please don't mistake me here when i say Turn to your good shepherd in dark and depressive times. I'm not advocating against medical help for those who are in serious distress, depression, clinical anxiety. I'm absolutely for medically treating these problems, just as I'm absolutely for medically treating a broken arm or wearing glasses to fix eyesight. I am there for it. But I will not shy away from the overwhelming comfort and peace that can be found and that is promised in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ will help ease your concerns. He will restore your soul. His burden is light. And he will comfort you. 
He will restore your soul. And this reference here in our psalm restores my soul. It's a very particular Hebrew phrase that would have been well known by the agrarian society that first read it. See, there are times when uh, unshorn sheep, that is sheep that are getting very large because they haven't been shaved yet to use uh, to make clothing and such, will lay down in comfort to try to sleep. And in their pursuit of this comfort, they may roll over just a bit. And then they'll roll over a little bit more. They'll roll over to such a point that they become like a turtle stuck on their back. The sheep is left helpless. They can't do anything. They're stuck. When a sheep is stuck upside down, they're exposed to a number of different dangers. Exposed to the sun, exposed to predators prowling around for a meal. They're even exposed to dangers within themselves as being upside down for that long. The gases and the blood pressure begin to adjust And eventually the sheep can die. So what's the only remedy for this danger? What's the only way to fix a sheep that is upside down? Sheep that has fallen over. The only remedy is to be set right again by the hand of the caring shepherd. See, a good shepherd will be there to bring his comforting hands and reset that sheep on its feet. Turn that sheep back to the right footing and alleviate the danger and the discomfort. So I say again in this example, look to your good shepherd. Do you feel yourself being upside down? Do you feel yourself in danger, in discomfort? Are you on your back right now, gasping for air? Are you slowly tipping over, going, this is getting worse and worse and worse? Look for your good shepherd. Call out for him. If you don't see him around, listen for him. Listen for his voice. He comes to you again and again through his word. Every Sunday, every morning and evening when you open the old book. It's there for you. It's there for me. Right now, many of us are upside down. Right now, many of us are struggling, dealing with difficulties. Depression and anxiety overwhelm us. The comfort that's given to us here in Psalm 23 is to say, call out to your sheep. Like a bleeding, call out to your shepherd, like a bleeding sheep, calling out, hoping for help. He will correct us where we have gone wrong. You know, we... we, We sense things are wrong, not only just in our day-to-day life, but there is a deeper wrongness within our whole world. Self-help seems to be rampant. Certain philosophies try and help guide us numerous ways to discover things. One of my favorite radio programs when I'm driving around eastern Iowa is to listen to uh, a psychologist who's collected a whole bunch of different sayings, ways to help your life. And the, the name for seems to escape me at this point, but help for your life. And it's just 15, 20 second little help bits, how to make yourself better, how to deal with work when you're working from home. I always think this is so funny to listen to. Here's 15 seconds to fix your life. This will be it. This is what you need to do. You need to make sure you dress up when you go to work, when you're working on video, because that'll make you more driven. 
You need to make sure that you put your phones away right before you go to bed because that will make you sleep better. Those are all good things, but they think this is what's solving our life. This is how you fix the upside downness that we're around. Now, if there's anything other than the comforting hands of your good shepherd turning you over, if you look to anything other than that help from Jesus Christ, you'll find yourself looking again. You'll find yourself turning back to that radio going, you know what, that didn't work, but maybe the next one will. Maybe that next 15-second bit will be able to push me forward. Because you'll be unsatisfied. New problems will arise. New difficulties seem to rear the head every week. And just when you think you've righted yourself, you realize things are upside down again. Things are turning sideways. So I say, if you're in your 50th year of being a Christian, it seems as though the world has lost its way. Turn on the TV and everything's going crazy. Seems like we're tumbling down the rabbit hole following Alice. Or maybe you're 18 and you just started college and you realize this is what college is supposed to be like? I don't think so. I thought the world seemed a little bit better off. I thought the grown-ups knew what they were doing. It's not supposed to be this bad, is it? And so you're looking for your way up. The good shepherd says he's going to come. He's going to write your vision. He's going to restore your soul. It's in Jesus Christ that we find the comfort we long for. Through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he's taken away our stress and our anxiety, our sin and our pain. He has replaced it with peace and forgiveness. Through his pierced hands, he has promised us to restore us. Restore us from being upside down from, to being right side up. All you need to do is trust in him. Place your faith in him to set you on right footing, to know that he is the one who will fix that vision. But, but he doesn't stop there. This is what's so great about Psalm 23. It's so comforting. It continues to just pour out line after line. He says we restore our soul. He doesn't just set us back on our feet and then leave us to go off and do other things. He also guides us. Yeah, it's not as though our good shepherd restores us and then leaves us to slip and fall again to wander into trouble. He guides us down the right path, or as the rest of verse 3 says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. After setting us back on our feet, he pushes us along to safer pastures. Now again, farmers and shepherds will be quick to tell you the foolishness of sheep. They wander around as animals. There's no concern really for their lives. They will fall into holes. They will fall after their, themselves, almost as like dodo birds going off of a cliff. And as we have seen already, sheep may fall over accidentally, or purposefully for that matter, and end up killing themselves. In our last talk, we discussed the dangers of sheep wandering into valleys, straying into fast-moving waters, running quickly into caves filled with predators. I think it's safe to say sheep are foolish wanderers. 
It's only fitting that our psalmists, the prophets, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, used sheep to describe us, to describe all of mankind. We are foolish wanderers living in a fallen world. Those are two bad things. Prophet Isaiah, Isaiah says, We all like sheep have gone astray, each of us gone our own way. See, we do not like to stay on the path. We like to wander. Some could even say that we have a wander lust. Those who deeply appreciate nature will be quick to tell me that you miss the true beauty of nature by only following the path. So that's what we're after. We're after beauty. We're after hopefulness. We're after joy. I've been told by friends and neighbors and books and movies and poems, venture beyond the path. Take those steps out. Only then will you truly find something miraculous. Ralph Waldo Emerson follows right along in this path. Just funny to think. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Oh, Emerson. Let me be absolutely clear. Psalm 23, the Bible, Christianity as a whole says creating your path, your own path is wrong. It's a detestable way to live. Going your own way, creating a trail. These are all ideas that the Bible is unabashedly against. It may sound good, it may sound invigorating to imagine creating your own path, venturing out on your own, be all that you are doing be all that you want to be. But all that you're doing there is leaving the good shepherd behind. Leaving the one who will set you back on your feet. The one who will lead you to green grass and still safe waters. To say that I'm going to go create my own path is a self-centered statement at its very core. It argues that we know the way better than the creator of all things, than the one who created the way. We know that way better. Therefore, we're going to follow our own path. I may seem harsh in my treatment of those who define themselves by, the, by this ideology, but I will, again, quickly add this balm. We are all like this. We're all this way. Each and every one of us make our own path even if you don't like nature, prefer cold steel, the urban jungle, I, I'm a fan of cities. We're still sheep that like to wander. We don't like to be guided by anyone beyond our own imaginations and senses. We tell ourselves our only limit is that we is what we can imagine. We tell ourselves, do what feels good as long as you aren't hurting anyone. So our main pursuit becomes rest, comes comfort, comes rightness, correctness. We sleep all day, we eat all day, we think this is what it is. This is my path. This is the way to live. We argue with friends, we argue with our fellow Christians to a point of frustration. We tell ourselves, I'm fighting for the truth. That's what I'm doing. This is the right path. We do it because being right feels so good. So we put rightness above loving. We think that we know everything. We 
started down our own path away from the good shepherd. Jesus Christ says in the Gospel of Matthew, the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. But the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. The path of righteousness is narrow and full of perils that will quickly lead you back to the path of destruction. They say it's hard. That's what Jesus Christ says. It's hard. It's narrow. It's difficult. There's constantly spots to fall off of. Small steps that will lead you down a different path. There are ways that I have mentioned above that can lead you away. Small allowances or for rest. Strictness, strict adherences to truth when love should be more prominent. We can feed on our own anger, just anger over terrible injustices in the world. And sometimes when those just anger feelings rise up, it goes past what is a just anger. It starts bleeding into violence, into vengeance, mistreatment of others. Suddenly have left the good shepherd behind. That's how easy it is. It's small steps led to larger steps which lead to great leaps as we venture further and further away from the path of righteousness. Oh, this has been so difficult. Again, I only push this hard. I only hit this hard to bring us back to the goodness and beauty of this verse. We have to see the path that leads away from righteousness to know where that path of righteousness is. That's where we can find our good shepherd. Because if we were in charge of all this, we'd be drowning in a river, we'd be far off the narrow path. But the good news, again, this good shepherd guides us. That hard path, that narrow trail that we are walking down, well, our good shepherd knows every step of it because he is the one that created it. He's the one that forged through it. That means when we venture into our own path, when we wander far off, our good shepherd will come and guide us back to the right path. He takes the hardness upon his back. He takes the burden upon his shoulders. When we give in to the good feelings of sloth, our good shepherd will give us energy to keep going. When we think we know better and want to do things our own way, our good shepherd, Jesus Christ, will be quick to show us how little we know, how foolish our ways are in comparison to the God of heaven and earth, and he will correct us. Shepherds are known to walk with their crook. They often have a bell sitting at the end. So when they walk, it rings to remind us to walk forward, walk along with this shepherd. The sound attracts the sheep. Every time that bell rings, it's a shepherd bringing us back to attention. When we give in to anger after a long day at work, Because the last thing we want to do is walk a dog. The last thing we want to do is take care of the kids. We don't want to do the dishes. 
Our good shepherd will calm us. He'll care for us. We see injustice in the world and our reaction isn't only tears and anger, but turning to vengeance. Saying to ourselves, I'm going to hurt those who hurt me or hurt those who I love or those who I look like. Good shepherd will ring that bell. He'll be there to calm us down. Cry with us, mourn over the injustice in this world just as he did and standing outside of the tomb of Lazarus, just as he did as he stood outside the city of Jerusalem, weeping for the injustice and terribleness of this world, for death itself reigning in this world. A good shepherd has walked this path before. He has seen this, the pitfalls. He's shown us time and time again that it is only through him that we may find true peace and joy. He will guide us back to the path of righteousness because he's the one who created this path for us. He's the one who gave us the righteousness to walk that path. As we saw in that New Testament reading, he became the righteousness for God, righteousness of God for us, or as 2 Corinthians 5 also says, for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ walked the perfect path of righteousness and then took our sinfulness, our wrongheadedness, our upside-downness upon himself and he righted us. He gave us the perfect path of righteousness, not only to guide us, but also complete the path for us. If you're looking for beauty, it's not off the path. It's right in the footsteps of a Savior. As we walk down this path, we will stray and go our own way. We will fall over and look at the world upside down. But our good shepherd will guide us and bring us to the end of this path of righteousness into eternal peace and joy with him in heaven. Let's pray.